Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, April 27th. I'm Andrea Linares. Here are today's top stories. A grim milestone approaching as the United States nears 1 million coronavirus cases. More than 55,000 people have now died from the outbreak. A reopening controversy underway as some states loosen their lockdowns, others warn of prematurely easing quarantine measures. And the legal cannabis industry is seeing record sales as customers stock up during lockdown. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. A number of states have begun to slowly loosen stay-at-home restrictions, even as the novel coronavirus continues to claim lives. Here in the U.S., more than 950,000 people have tested positive and more than 55,000 are now dead. But the battle over the lockdowns is only getting started. Georgia's reopening has been the most aggressive so far. Lorraine Cáceres brings us the latest from that state and beyond. The United States slowly going back to work as more and more states ease restrictions and allow some businesses to reopen. On Friday, Georgia reopened gyms, nail salons and barbershops. And today, movie theaters can open along with restaurants with limited dine-in service. This Georgia resident went bowling this weekend. Well, we've been indoors for over a month and it was just kind of nice to come out and with my husband and have like a date night, so to speak. States like South Carolina, Oklahoma and Alaska also slowing opening for business. Today, they'll get more company. Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Minnesota, Colorado and Montana all launching limited reopenings. States like Florida say they're not ready yet. If people don't have confidence, then the economy is not going to just take off. That's just not the way it works. But parks and open spaces may reopen sometime this week in South Florida. Miami-Dade mayor saying he's hiring 400 security guards to help enforce social distancing rules. And those who fail to obey may face $500 fines. We are, we are going to have eyes on those basketball courts. We are going to have eyes on those tennis courts. And if people, tennis is going to, you can play singles, but you can't play doubles. Basketball. You can't have a contact uh, basketball game. You can shoot your own ball at, uh, at a rim with three people on a half court. Meanwhile, all over the country, people are growing impatient and tired of the lockdowns. In Southern California, a heat wave drove large crowds to the beach. Do your best to stay away from people, but you're always going to be too close to them, I guess. I mean, I don't know. They say six feet. Maybe people are six feet. I don't know. It's here and there. The size of those crowds prompting officials in Newport Beach to weigh temporary weekend closures. In Chicago, police are investigating after a video surfaced showing a crowded house party and protesters popping up in different cities like St. Paul, Providence and Las Vegas. In states like Maryland, which saw its deadliest day over the weekend since the outbreak began, the governor warning it's too early. I want to get our economy back open just as soon as we can, but I want to do so in a safe way. Michigan's governor defending her extension of the stay-at-home order to May 15. We know that no one wants a second wave. It would be devastating for the health of our people and for our economy. And so we've got to be really smart as we re-engage. Dr. Deborah Burks, one of the nation's top health experts, says the U.S. still needs a breakthrough innovation when it comes to rapidly testing people, adding we will have to practice social distancing rules throughout the summer in order to avoid another lockdown. Andrea, back to you. Lorraine, thanks so much for that report. 
And President Trump is denying reports that he is planning to fire Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar. On Twitter Sunday, the president defended Azar, writing, quote, Alex is doing an excellent job, end quote. But on Saturday, a senior administration official told CNN that Azar might be out because of his coronavirus response. The Trump administration has been roundly criticized for its slow reaction to the pandemic. In his tweet, the president said the media is desperate to create the perception of chaos in the White House. Meanwhile, a number of reports emerging over the weekend of a frustrated Trump embittered by the response to his comments about consuming bleach and other disinfectants. The president saying he was just being sarcastic when he made these comments. I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. We'll the right, folks who could. right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. According to the New York Times, a number of senior Republican officials are dismayed by the president's remarks. To contain the damage, the White House is now moving to eliminate the question and answer portion of Trump's daily briefings. And over the weekend, no briefings were held at all. The president is now reportedly being told to focus his messaging on the economy rather in what may be a much more tightly controlled media environment. And as the fallout continues from the president's remarks about disinfectants, reports now emerging about the very real dangers from suggestions like these. Peggy Carranza has more from New York City. If it helps, it's great. If it doesn't help, don't do it. People say words count and could be harmful, as evidenced by an increase in calls to the New York Poison Control Center from people who possibly ingested or were exposed to household cleaners. Hours after President Donald Trump suggested that his injection, it could be a cure against coronavirus. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? According to the New York Department of Health, in 18 hours, they manage at least nine cases of exposure to Lysol, 10 cases of exposure to bleach, and 11 cases of exposure to household cleaners. This doctor explains that consuming them can be as harmful as the virus. This is a mouth. All this is swelling, swelling of your tongue. When you ingest that, you cannot breathe. You lock your airway. So what happens is, once this comes down, your lungs get affected. The warning was not only made by doctors, the manufacturers of these products also warned that they shouldn't be ingested or injected. The Maryland Emergency Management Agency also tweeted that it received calls about the use of disinfectants. The president tried to clarify that it was a joke. I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room. 
about disinfectant on the inside. That was done in the form of a sarcastic question to the reporter. But the reaction of his team doesn't verify his version. This is not the first time that the president confronts his own scientists after his promotion of the hydroxychloroquine. The Food and Drug Administration concluded that it was not safe and effective for treating COVID-19. In New York City, Peggy Carranza, EU News. After weeks of bad news, there's finally some good news on the horizon for New Yorkers. State authorities there are saying the rates of coronavirus-related infections, hospitalizations and deaths have been decreasing. And they're now looking toward new measures so they can reopen the state as soon as possible without risking another health crisis. Nayeli Chavez-Geller has more. <coughs> In New York, COVID-19 has left a trail of death, infection, and a lot of fear. I'm very scared just riding the subway. It's full of homeless people. It's scary. Residents of the so-called capital of the world never thought they'd live to see their home transformed into a ghost city victimized by an invisible enemy. It's just terrible, terrible. You never know who's infected. You can get sick when you least expect it. According to preliminary results from antibody tests that were randomly given to 3,000 city residents, it's possible that one out of every five New Yorkers have been exposed to the coronavirus and have fully recovered. They may now be immune to the virus. The study was done with the intention of learning about the effects COVID-19 has had on the general population to help accelerate the process of getting people back to their regular activities and reopening the economy as soon as possible. Total hospitalizations down. Good news. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that the past week has shown a drop in the number of patients in hospitals, deaths and people infected, and that the state is analyzing what the best strategy might be to lift the current restrictions without the risk of giving rise to another pandemic. According to a study by the Journal of the American Medicine Association, 94% of patients infected with coronavirus previously suffered from other health issues, such as obesity and diabetes. In New York, Nayeli Chavez-Geller, U News. As the race for the White House continues, Democrat Joe Biden continuing to rack up endorsements. The latest, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Previously, Pelosi had said she had not planned to endorse a Democratic candidate until after the primaries were over. But the only remaining challenger, Senator Bernie Sanders, suspended his campaign. Meanwhile, in a critical battleground state, a lawsuit which will determine voting rights for former felons goes to court today. The case challenges a Florida law that requires felons to pay off court fines and fees before they can cast a ballot. The ACLU says the law is unconstitutional because it amounts to a poll tax. Republicans who pass the state law say they want to be sure felons pay off all their legal obligations before voting. That includes fines, fees and restitution to victims of crime. Due to the coronavirus crisis, the trial will be held remotely and by video conference. And by the way, the public can also tune in. And in Florida, as well as across the country, in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, the question of reopening is, is it safe? When should society go back to normal? Continues to dominate the national conversation. And right now, I am joined by Theo Voss, a researcher and epidemiologist at the University of Washington, who is now here to help us understand. 
Teo, thank you for joining us today. And the projections so far produced by your team at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington are often used by lawmakers around the country to guide policy. Now, we're going to see on our screen a map with recommended reopening dates. According to this, this map on your screen, Georgia should be reopening in early June. In your opinion, did Georgia reopen too soon? In other words, can this backfire? Can we see an increase of cases? Yeah, thank you. Uh, of course, that is uh, our big uh, worry. Uh, how much of a rebound effect are we going to see uh, from early restrictions being uh, lifted? Um, we can track this, of course, by looking at the numbers of cases and the deaths that are uh, following, but there's a, a quite a lag. So we need to look at early measures that predict what uh, can happen. And so one of the things is, is checking on mobility uh, patterns, by how much are mobility patterns uh, changing with uh, the partial lifting of, uh, of uh, restrictions. On top of that, um, you know, we need to have the workforce and the testing capacity to uh, aggressively look for new cases in the community and be able to trace all their contacts. If we don't have that in place, then it is very likely that we're going to get a rebound. And even if we manage to make the rebound uh, stay away for a while, there's a, a big chance that uh, we'll get a second wave of the epidemic. So when and how can states safely reopen based on that map? Would that just mean those dates phase one for reopening? Yeah, so we based that on uh, a, such a low number of predicted new infections that the public health agencies with uh, you know, enough testing capacity would be able to follow up on every newly detected uh, infection and do contact uh, tracing. Has the U.S. hit a peak in deaths yet? Because we have seen those, the curve, the famous curve, and it's gone up and down. Yeah, and uh, I think as a whole, if you look at the U.S., uh, uh, we have peaked. But, uh, you know, the U.S. is a very big country, and there are states that are yet to reach the peak, and there are other states that, that, uh, that have already gone past. And as the epidemic in New York is by far the largest in, uh, in the country, and our predictions indicate that New York has passed the peak. It uh, means that uh, the average for uh, the whole country is that uh, we have peaked, but it doesn't mean that uh, all of the states have reached uh, that point as yet. Your model proje projects over 67,000 deaths by August. It's a staggering number nonetheless, but still lower than earlier estimates when they were saying between 100 and 200,000 deaths. Do you expect that to change as states reopen gradually? There is a danger that that uh, is, uh, is going to happen. Um, and hence uh, our advice uh, to uh, 
be careful with lifting restrictions until the capacity is in place state by state uh, to identify new cases uh, as quickly as possible, trace all their contacts and do that very quickly so that we don't get the same big surge in cases as uh, we've seen at the start of this uh, epidemic. Well, thank you so much, Theo Voss, for all your insight, epidemiologist and researcher at the University of Washington. I hope you stay safe, you and your family. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. And several officials in the Trump administration, including the president, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, along with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, are all facing a lawsuit over last month's massive stimulus package. The issue? The government's rejection of claims to married couples when one of the spouses is a, quote, unauthorized immigrant. In Chicago, a man identified in court records only as John Doe says the U.S. government discriminated against him solely based on whom he chose to marry. In his case, his wife lacks a Social Security number, though the man says she did pay taxes using a tax ID number. An unprecedented new plan to help those who are undocumented during the coronavirus crisis is causing controversy in California. Jaime Garcia explains from Los Angeles. Republicans Ricardo Benitez and Jessica Martinez are two candidates to the California State Assembly who filed a lawsuit against Governor Gavin Newsom, requesting the California Supreme Court to stay the distribution of $75 million in state financial relief to undocumented workers. We filed this lawsuit on two legal grounds. First, it is unconstitutional under our California Constitution for the government to give cash grants like this to a nonprofit or to a third party and then have them hand out those benefits. The director of the Center for American Liberty is also the attorney representing the two Hispanic politicians. Secondly, the giving of this type of a cash grant of any nature violates federal criminal law. Uh, we feel a deep sense of gratitude uh, for people that are in fear of deportation, but are still addressing the essential needs of tens of millions of Californians. Governor Newsom announced a one-time grant of $500 to each worker and a maximum of $1,200 per family. For some 150,000 undocumented workers left unemployed by the coronavirus crisis in California. A spokesperson from the governor's office indicate California is taking legally justified and morally necessary action to assist all Californians impacted by COVID-19. No hay méritos legales para esta demanda. For this activist, behind the lawsuit there is an electoral purpose. Buscan, eh, ser electos. They are only seeking to get elected just like Pete Wilson before them, and now Donald Trump, just getting the votes by attacking the undocumented community. It's important to underline that these funds are not only for undocumented immigrants, also U.S. citizens and legal residents who were disqualified from receiving the federal assistance because they are married with a person that is still not legal in the United States will qualify for this state assistance. In Los Angeles, Jaime Garcia, U News. The Supreme Court has denied a request from several states to temporarily suspend the Trump administration's public charge rule during the ongoing coronavirus emergency, a decision that's causing a lot of stress for many immigrants left wondering whether they should accept or walk away from some much-needed public assistance. Juan Carlos Gonzalez explains. 
public charge rule will continue even during this health emergency due to the coronavirus. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to review a motion presented by a group of attorneys in New York. The Supreme Court denied the case based on jurisdictional grounds, but not on the issue presented. Here, the court was asked whether the public charge rule could be placed in pause during the pandemic. Interestingly enough, it said yes, it could. However, it was premature. The case had to be started and take its process during the initial courts before it could be presented to the Supreme Court. The public charge rule will affect undocumented and other immigrants who have temporary visas when they have the opportunity to become permanent residents if they obtain certain benefits like food stamps, Section 8, and health services that are funded with federal money. According to these activists, this could affect not only immigrants, but the general population. The recent Supreme Court decision to side with President Donald Trump will increase the risks that migrants have around uh, the pandemic because many of them will be fearful if accessing public benefits and other services might place them as a target for future immigration action. This is a terrible decision. It's a decision that the Supreme Court missed the mark on and will certainly cause greater harm to uh, society in general. But what's going to happen to people who receive help, like the money the city of Los Angeles and the state of California are giving to undocumented immigrants? There's been a concerted effort by several mayors and governors throughout the United States that are giving economic aid to their undocumented residents. However, it's important to know that these residents should not have fear in receiving this public aid because it's not going to be considered public charge in the future. New York General Attorney said that she will present an emergency motion because she explained this matter cannot wait. In Los Angeles, Juan Carlos Gonzalez, Unions. In California, millions of small businesses continue to remain closed because of the outbreak. But as Luis Mejid explains, cannabis-related businesses are currently experiencing a boom and not just from those shopping in person. Thanks to the pandemic, thousands of businesses had to close their doors, except those which were deemed essential. In California, among the essentials are cannabis dispensaries. People were scared when they thought we had to close and sales went up. Last month, marijuana sales went up in states where it's legal. To avoid catching COVID-19, many customers are opting for the home delivery option. Now it's like getting a package through Amazon or any other company. It's easy. Today in California, you buy marijuana like you buy anything else. The only things you need are a computer and to be 21 years old. Some sites require a copy of your ID to verify your age. Some use cannabis for recreational purposes, but for many people, it's just medicine. Whatever the reason, many throughout the United States are choosing marijuana as a companion to endure the pandemic. In San Francisco, Luis Mejid, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. Your news covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your news, your world, your news on Fusion. 
Welcome back to You News. Officials in South Korea say North Korea's leader is, quote, alive and well. Moon Chung-in, the top foreign policy advisor to South Korean President Moon Jae-in, told CNN North Korea's leader is doing well. Questions about Kim Jong-un's health have been floating around for days now. He missed the celebration of his grandfather's birthday on April 15th, a national holiday in North Korea, sparking rumors that he was very ill or even dead. After more than three months, Wuhan, the Chinese city where the coronavirus outbreak first began, confirmed that all COVID-19 cases had been cleared from area hospitals. All this happening after the last 12 COVID-19 patients met the standard for discharge and were transferred to designated places for a 14-day medical quarantine. China, which has more than 82,000 confirmed cases and more than 4,500 deaths has begun to gradually reopen after months of paralysis. Meanwhile, in Europe, Spain is beginning to relax some of its strongest confinement regulations. Children under 14 years old are now allowed to spend an hour outside per day after six weeks of being restricted to being indoors. On Sunday, the country reported its lowest number of coronavirus deaths since late March. That's just one of the factors the government is using to ease these type of restrictions. Humans aren't the only ones struggling with the impact of social distancing measures. The same is true for some animals. As Melissa del Pozo explains from Mexico City, zoos are struggling to find the necessary resources to keep their operations afloat. With Mexico extending social distancing measures due to coronavirus pandemic has affected the entertainment industry, especially animal theme parks are struggling to find the founts to keep running. Bioparque Estrella is one of the 50 parks in Mexico that depends on the sale of tickets to its visitors for their subsistence. For us, the main season is Easter, and that was when we were closed. As an example, last year during Easter, we had days up to 10,000 people, which, well, is a fairly important number, it's quite good. Today, we don't have those resources. The resources of these zoos are necessary to feed animals. A lion can eat 30 pounds of meat in a day, while the elephant requires 176 pounds of fruit. Buffaloes, antilopes, a large number of animals that eat 38 bales of oats or groom alfalfa, plus other nutrients that are given to give them a diet as balanced as possible. Park managers are developing strategies to keep their animals fit and their caretakers employed, like selling tickets online in advance at a quarter of their value for when the park reopens once the pandemic is over. So, in the end, we depend a lot on how the situation develops. And so, we have to continue working on different strategies or ways to bring more resources for the park. The strategy has surpassed the 2,000 ticket sales. But it's still far from the 10,000 people per day that visited the park on Easter last year. In contrast, public zoos like this one in north of Mexico City have been able to support themselves thanks to the government founding. The zoo may remain closed until May 30, the date estimated by the government to end the social distancing measures. From Mexico City, Melissa del Pozo, U News. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, 
go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.